this is my friend, the donkey. He's been hanging around the church for more than a year now. Oh, yes, he had a bit part in the Christmas story, carrying Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem, carrying the woman who carried the Son of God in her womb. The years after Bethlehem were mostly unremarkable. For 30 years, Jesus' life was quiet, and the donkey, I think it's safe to say the same for him. His life was rather ordinary. Now, at the age of 30, everything changed for Jesus. He was baptized in the River Jordan by his cousin, John the Baptist. The heavens were torn apart that day, and small-town life in the carpenter shop was over. For the next three years, Jesus and his traveling salvation show would inspire awe and wonder. He would feed the poor. He healed the sick. He taught with parables and spoke words of grace. Oh, yes, he also kept time with the wrong kind of people, and he never met a dead body that he did not raise to new life. The three years are about over now. Jesus has come to Jerusalem for the final time. The holy city was an occupied city. The Romans were in charge. Pontius Pilate represented the world's reigning superpower. Thoughts of revolution simmered under the surface of a strained peace. Order was kept by the sword and by the religious people who controlled the temple and consequently controlled the common people. Jerusalem was filled with religious zealots and pilgrims. The feast of the Passover was about to begin. Hundreds of thousands had come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. They came to make sacrifices to God at the magnificent temple. They came to eat and to drink and to hear news from the far-flung Jewish nation that had been dispersed throughout the Roman world. Some had never been to the city before. Others came every year. But this year was a little different. There was talk. There was talk on the street, and the talk on the street centered on the rabbi from the Galilee. Everyone was talking about Jesus, and now Jesus was approaching the holy city from the village of Bethany. He crested the hillside of the Mount of Olives, and there before him in all of its magnificence was the temple, sitting high on Mount Moriah. That is where my friend the donkey enters the story once again. You see, Jesus would ride on a donkey down an ancient pathway that descended from the Mount of Olives down to the Kidron Valley and then up to the golden gate of the city. Thousands of pilgrims and zealots have been waiting for this very moment. The talk on the street centered on Jesus. Would he lead a revolt? Could this Jesus be the long-awaited Messiah? Could this miracle worker lead them in a revolution that would run the Romans out of the holy city? He's coming. He's coming. Look, the rabbi Jesus is coming. Move aside. Get out of the way. Oh, yes, this path was small. It was not a Roman road like the road that led to Jaffa or Damascus. No, this was a pilgrim path, maybe 10 feet wide. It had been beaten down by the faithful footsteps of generation after generation 
of oppressed people. There was electricity in the air, but there was also danger. The peasants parted. Quick, step aside. Jesus is coming, riding on a donkey. The hope for Messiah was about to pass by. What did they do? They cut branches. They cut branches from palm trees. They lifted the palms in their hands in hope. They covered the ancient path with palm branches, and they sang out, Hosanna, Hosanna, Lord, Hosanna, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's Palm Sunday, my friends. Let us go forth now to worship. My donkey friend will will lead us as we too hope to be liberated, liberated from death, depression, or pandemic despair. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the name of Jesus. Carl's going to lead us in our opening hymn, All Glory, Laud, and Honor. All glory, Lord, and honor to you, Redeemer King, to whom the lips of children made sweet hosannas ring. You are the King of Israel and David's royal son. Now in the Lord's name coming, our King and blessed Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Let us pray together. 
Lord God, stay with us. The path ahead is dark and uncertain. Stay with us, Lord Jesus, that we may journey through darkness and rise to bathe in the light of Easter. We pray in the name that is above all other names, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Sandy Moore is part of our Coopville family. She used to sit right behind me on Sunday morning in the second row, and I'm looking forward to a return of those simpler days. She's going to be reading for us at this time. It's a reading from the Christ hymn from the book of Philippians. Sandy, over to you. The lesson is from the second chapter of Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Therefore God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thanks, Sandy. One day closer. Carl is going to sing for us now. Carl? Come to the song, come to the dance. Bring all you are and all you can be. Come with your voice, come with your heart. Come and journey with me. Come and journey with me. Come, let the sun fill up your eyes. Take the time to look around and love, just love and walk with each other. Come and journey with me. Come and journey with me. And leave all behind and calm your mind. Come and journey with me. Come and journey with me.
Thank you, Carl. The Palm Sunday parade was over. But the talk still centered on Jesus. Would he lead a revolt? Would his followers rise up and take arms? Now, one of the twelve had lost his patience. Judas, Judas Iscariot, had bet his life on Jesus. He believed in Jesus. For three years, he had waited for Jesus to make his move. Judas now made a move. He went to the chief priest of the Jewish people. The religious people, those who were in power, were threatened by Jesus. You see, they could not control him or predict his behavior. He kept the wrong company. And if this Jesus acted up, especially during the festival of the Passover, the result could be disastrous for the religious people. If there was another failed rebellion, those in power could lose everything. And that was a risk that could not be taken. The religious people, you see, had already decided that Jesus must be silenced. Jesus must be killed. A deal was made. Money would change hands. Judas was to deliver Jesus to the Pharisees. Now, it's impossible to know for sure, but perhaps Judas was secretly hoping that this seeming betrayal would be just the opposite. Perhaps he believed that Jesus needed a little, a little push, that his arrest would spark a rebellion. You see, I believe that Judas was ready to die with Jesus, but his patience with Jesus was wearing thin. Judas returned with the blood money. He joined the twelve at the command of Jesus as they were preparing the Passover meal. They would celebrate this ancient tradition in an upper room in Jerusalem. And when evening came, the party began. There was traditional food, storytelling, and wine for all. It was quite festive. And that night in Jerusalem, it is likely that there were a thousand or more Passover meals being shared. But the tone of this particular meal changed quite suddenly. A hush came over the disciples as Jesus, their rabbi, their teacher, and their friend spoke, saying, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. One who is sitting and eating with us will betray me. The silence and shock of the moment gave way to outrage and, and the sense of unbelief. One by one, the disciples said, Surely not, not I, Lord. I promise you, I will not betray you. I will not leave your side. Human promises. Human promises are interesting. They are usually made with sincerity in the heart, good intentions, and inevitably they are broken. As they were eating, Jesus took the bread, he blessed it, and he gave it to them saying, this is my body, take 
and eat. Then he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he said, This is my blood poured out for you, shed for many drink. Now the thought of eating a human body was less than appealing. The thought of drinking blood was downright disgusting. What was going on here, Jesus? This talk of betrayal, these strange words, this was not the order of the Seder. No one had ever been to a Passover meal like this before. Jesus and his disciples then sang a hymn. They walked out of the Zion Gate, down through the Kidron Valley, and back up the Mount of Olives, where common people were camping on the hillside, there by the simple gardens and groves of olive trees. Once again, Jesus told the disciples that they would desert and betray him. But Peter, the rock, the rock on which the Christian church would be built, the rock that sank in the Sea of Galilee as he tried to walk on water, that Peter made a very human promise. Not me, Jesus. I promise you, even if they all leave you and deny you, I never will. You can count on me, Jesus. Jesus smiled. He knew that Peter was being sincere, but he had heard these human promises before. Jesus said, listen, listen to me, Peter. In fact, listen to me, all of you. I'm telling you now that Peter, before the cock crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. But Peter would have none of it. He vehemently said, no, Lord, you have it wrong. Even if I must die with you, even if I must die, I will not deny you. And all the others joined right in. Hear, hear what Peter said. We may die with you, Jesus, but we'll never deny you. On the hillside of the Mount of Olives, there is a garden, a garden called Gethsemane. Jesus entered the garden. He took with him Peter and James and John. He was clearly distressed. He was agitated. Might we even say that he was afraid? He said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here. Stay awake. Wait for me. By himself now, the darkness of the night Illuminated by a full moon and the twinkling of the stars, Jesus fell to the ground and he prayed fervently. He prayed that he might be spared the horrific trauma that was before him. He said, Abba, Father, if possible, save me from this time of trial. But not my will, but your will be done. He returned then to find James and John and Peter sleeping. Again, he left them. Again, in agony, he prayed. And in the silence, he cried. It was time now. When he returned, the disciples were sleeping again. Jesus woke them up, saying, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be betrayed. Get up, get up. Let's be going. My betrayer is at hand. The disciples, still wiping sleep from their eyes, as Judas emerged from the dark shadows of the night. He walked toward Jesus, and a crowd accompanied him. 
They had been sent by the chief priest. They had been sent by the religious people to capture the Prince of Peace. And they were armed. They were armed with swords and clubs. They were ready to do battle. It was dark. It was very dark. Judas drew in close. And he kissed Jesus. He kissed him. There were tears in both men's eyes as Judas said, Rabbi. And with that, the battle began. The disciples were ready to fight. They were ready to die. A sword was thrust out at the slave of the high priest, and off came his ear. But Jesus stopped the insanity. Violence was not the answer. He demanded that the disciples stand down. With that, Jesus was arrested. And the disciples, unable to fight and unwilling to offer themselves to the jailers, they fled. They fled into the night. Yes, it was dark as all of them left Jesus alone. His captors took him to appear before the high priest, the elders of the church, the scribes were there too. All were assembled to deal with this threat called Jesus. Meanwhile, outside in the courtyard, at a safe distance, Peter was warming himself and eavesdropping the best he could. Inside, they they cross-examined Jesus. False witnesses testified against him. The high priest demanded that Jesus respond to his accusers, but Jesus remained silent. They struck Jesus. The high priest got in his face and loudly demanded an answer. Are you the Messiah? And Jesus said, I am. With that, the high priest tore at his robes. Why do we still need witnesses? He has condemned himself. This is blasphemy. He looked then at the religious rulers and he asked, what is your decision? And they said, he deserves to die. He deserves to die. Death to that blasphemer. It was dark. They spit on Jesus. They blindfolded him and beat him. Outside by the fire, where it was presumed to be safe, Peter was recognized. One thought that they had seen him earlier. They thought that he looked like one who had been in the garden with Jesus. They said, you there, you, you're one of his followers, aren't you? This was a dangerous moment. Peter said, I I don't understand what you're talking about. I do not know this man. Peter walked away, but he was confronted then again. A woman called out of the mob saying, This man is one of them. I'm sure of it. Hands, grasped, clubs. It was dark, very dark. Peter said, I'm telling you, I do not know what you're talking about. I've never met this man. But another said, No, your accent, it betrays you. You are a Galilean. You are a follower of Jesus of Nazareth. But Peter swore with an oath saying, with God as my witness, I do not know the man that you're talking about. And at that very moment, the cock crowed. And 
Peter remembered the words of Jesus. The cock crowed and Peter broke down and Peter wept bitterly. For Jesus, the remainder of that Thursday night would be spent in a dark, damp prison cell below the house of Caiaphas. Morning came. Good Friday. Jesus was taken bound to the headquarters of the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, You say so. Before the governor, the chief priest accused Jesus of many things. Pilate again addressed Jesus, saying, What do you say to these charges? Have you no answer to me? Jesus did not respond. Pilate did not know what to make of this Jewish power struggle, a struggle between a bound, seemingly harmless rabbi and the powerful religious leaders. But then he thought. He remembered that each year during the Passover celebration that he would take part in this celebration by releasing a Jewish prisoner, take them out of the Roman prison. And there was a man in that prison. The man was named Barabbas. He was a rebel. He was a murderer. He was a scoundrel. He was not the kind of man that anyone wanted out on the street. When Pilate considered this custom of releasing a prisoner and the volatility of this whole Jesus affair, he called to the jailers and had them bring out the notorious Barabbas. He then gave the Jews a choice. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews, or do you want me to release the murderer Barabbas? The chief priest and the religious leaders stirred up the crowd to have them release Barabbas. Pilate spoke to the crowd, Then what shall I do with the man that you call the king of the Jews? And the crowd shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said, what evil has he done? But the crowd chanted more and more, crucify him, crucify him. So Pilate, not wanting to risk a riot or an uprising, gave the angry crowd what they wanted. He released Barabbas. He washed his hands. He threw in the towel and absolved himself of the whole affair. Jesus was beaten, and he was handed over to be crucified. The Roman soldiers made sport of Jesus. They put a robe on him, and they twisted some thorns into a jagged crown, and they pushed it deep into his skull. They struck him, they spit on him, and they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! Then they led him through the city, a parade of shame, headed for Golgotha, where he would be crucified. And along the way, an exhausted and traumatized Jesus could no longer carry his own cross, so the soldiers compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, to carry the cross for Jesus.
it was 9 o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. They cast lots for his clothing. They offered him a mixture of wine and myrrh. But Jesus declined. Nailed to a cross, he would hang in shame between two criminals. A sign would detail the crimes of those who were crucified. Jesus' sign simply said, the King of the Jews, or this man said he was the King of the Jews. The crowd around the cross was a strange gathering. Some sought blood with hate in their hearts, and they taunted Jesus. The religious people encouraged him to save himself. Some were there just out of curiosity, and the Roman soldiers were just putting in a day's work. And near the cross, there were some women. Mary was there, the mother of our Lord. Mary Magdalene was there too. Other women who had followed him from the Galilee, they were there. Grief and passion, torture and tears. It was Good Friday. At noon, when the sun should be reaching its zenith, there was suddenly darkness over the whole land. And for three hours, it would be dark. The Romans made fires. Torches were lit. It was Good Friday, and it was dark in the middle of the day. And at three o'clock, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then Jesus gave out a loud cry, and he breathed his last. The earth shook. The dark heavens convulsed. The curtain of the temple, the curtain that separated God from humans, was suddenly torn in two. Three years earlier, the heavens had been torn, and the Spirit had descended on Jesus, and that began His journey to this day. In the darkness of Good Friday, the Roman centurion guarding the foot of the cross fell to his knees. He took his helmet off and said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Now typically, bodies would be left on the cross for days, sometime even for weeks a vivid reminder, a warning to all who would upset the order or offend the Roman rule. But the Sabbath was about to start. Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the Sanhedrin and a secret follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and he asked a favor. He asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate granted his request and the mangled body was dropped from the cross. Joseph and the women cleaned and wrapped his body in linen cloth for burial. Thirty-three years earlier, he was born in a cave and wrapped in linen cloths and laid in a manger. Joseph and the women carried his lifeless body to a tomb, to a cave hewn out of solid rock. 
in anguish and grief, they laid his body there, and a large stone sealed the entrance to the tomb. And it was quiet. And it was dark. It was Good Friday. Pilate ate dinner and drank wine with his friends. The religious leaders shook hands saying, I'll see you in church. The Roman soldiers washed their hands knowing that tomorrow or next week they would have to crucify another pathetic Jew. It was dark. It was quiet. It was Good Friday. The disciples of Jesus were hiding. Judas hung from a tree. A new way of living, a new way of loving was sealed now in a dark, damp tomb. It was dark. The light of the world had been extinguished by death. It was Good Friday. Death had the last word. It was dark and it was quiet. And then in a distance, we hear a sound. The muffled laughter of the evil one. It seems that the victory belongs to the evil one. For now, anyway. The victory is his. It's dark. It's quiet. And this is Good Friday. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds Thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art. through the woods and forest glades I wander I hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees when I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze then sings my soul my Savior God to how great thou art, how great thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think, Oh God, his son not sparing, 
sent him to die, I scarce can take it in, that on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Thank you, Carl. Thank you for your ministry to us. We lift our hearts to God in prayer. Jack Nisley is going to lead us in the prayers. Let us pray. The prayers of the church for this Palm Passion Sunday. Lifting our lives, our nation, and the world before us, let us pray. Jesus, light of God, today we began with hallelujah and Hosanna, and end with suffering and denial. Grant us the courage to listen and pray deeply, to walk the path to your coming death as if for the first time, to stand with you through it all, and to never deny that you are our Messiah, our Lord. Hosanna! Gracious and loving one, as you spoke at creation, let there be light. Let light shine on a weary world in crisis. The images of destruction and death from senseless violence are causes of great anguish and deep sorrow. We hold the people of Atlanta and Boulder in our hearts. Inspire us to make a change and be carriers of your light. Guide our leaders toward justice, bringing strength for a better tomorrow, and use us as agents of healing and hope. Hosanna. Gracious and loving one, you are still a God of miracles. Give us eyes to see the miracles in each day. We lift up this day all who are diseased in body or mind, 
all who wait for surgery, and all who face death. Be with the people of the world as we combat this virus and keep us on the path of healing for all. May we have faith in the midst of our doubt. May we see in death the gate to new life. We grieve with Leon Josephson and his family at the death of Ardella this past week. Give them strength and peace. Hosanna. You enter Jerusalem as the Prince of Peace. Fill the leaders of nations with a hunger for peace, a thirst for justice, and a love for the people entrusted to their care. We lift up the plight of refugees in the U.S. and Bangladesh. We lift up the stain of government abuses in Yemen and Ethiopia and other countries around the world. Teach us to do your will and serve your people. Hosanna. Gracious and loving one, drive all bigotry and hatred from our lives that we might see as you see, that we might recognize all children as your children. Guide us as we seek an end to ethnic discrimination and violence, especially against women. Let our system of justice be just. Let the strains of forgiveness and mercy be our hope. Hosanna. We pray not knowing all the answers for this world, but knowing your promise that we are loved, forgiven, and never alone as we seek to do your will. We pray in hope and in love, trusting in your grace and mercy through Jesus. May the mind of Jesus be in us as we pray. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Please share a sign of peace and greeting with someone today. Reach out and touch someone today. Just a few announcements today. Holy Week services uh, this coming week. We will be online Wednesday, Thursday, and Good Friday. So look for those emails uh, or watch us on Facebook or Vimeo this week as we journey through Holy Week together. I want to give a shout out too to Sandra Lund in Monaga, Minnesota. Sandra, we hope you're feeling better and know that our prayers are with you. On Easter Sunday, next Sunday morning, we are going to be gathered together in the parking lot at 8 and 10.30 for worship. Come early, bring your coffee mug and a lawn chair and your mask as we will be worshiping together. He is risen, the joy of Easter. We'll also be reopening in April on April 18th. Uh, more information will be coming as we seek to gather safely and responsibly together. I'm going to call on Deacon Amy at this time, and she's going to share a few words with us. Deacon Amy. Thank you, Pastor Jim. As always, a lot of great things happening here at Trinity. Adult education continues to meet on Zoom every morning. This Sunday, we meet at 930 with Pastor Dennis as he finishes his two-week session titled, Who Killed Jesus? Talking about the Holy Week, and events that led to the cross. Sunday School will meet on Zoom at 11 o'clock this morning. Next Sunday, all of our classes will be taking a break as we celebrate Easter together. 
Our middle school students continue to meet at 4 o'clock every Tuesday afternoon, but now we're alternating between in-person meetings and Zoom meetings. This past week, we had nine middle school students gather together in person on campus. We were right outside these doors around our brand new fire pit in the courtyard. We had a great time. Next week, students will be back online as we meet on Zoom. And also next week, we have an opportunity for our high school students to gather. We'll meet around that same fire pit in the courtyard at six o'clock on Wednesday evening. Hope to see you there. Thanks. Thank you, Deacon Amy, and thank you all uh, for your support. We very much appreciate your support uh, during the past uh, 13 months. It has been inspirational uh, for our staff to know that we are in this together with you. Uh, the postlude this morning is a special postlude, Chaos of Crucifixion. Uh, so we'd encourage you to stick around for that postlude. Now we are going to dedicate our gifts and, in fact, our entire lives to God as we pray, singing together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours. Now and forever, now and forever, Amen, Amen. Now receive the benediction. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn now, When the Saints Go Marching In. We're all standing in the footsteps of those who've gone before. We'll all be reunited on that new and sunlit shore. Oh, when the saints go marching in, oh, when the saints go marching in, oh, Lord, I want to be in that number. When the saints go When the sun refused to shine, when the sun refused to shine, oh Lord, I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in.
and the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, Lord, I want to be in that number. When the saints go marching Now some will say This world of trouble Is the only world we'll ever see But I'm waiting for that moment When the new world is revealed Oh, when the saints go marching in oh when the saints go marching in oh lord i want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. and on that hallelujah day and on that On that hallelujah day Oh, when the saints go marching in Oh, when the saints go marching in Oh, Lord, I want to be in that number When the saints go marching in Lord, I want to be number when the saints go marching we are one day closer now go in peace to love and serve the lord until next time, be well.